Hello, hello. This is Tom Arnish of Arnish Models from Germany speaking. And now you know how to pronounce my name. Arnish. Simple like that. I know, we all hate advertising. So I will keep that one pretty short. I just want to thank everybody for supporting my little company over the time and wish you a happy and hopefully peaceful new year 2023. Well, since I have a few seconds left and you probably need some of my resin parts, decals or my super precision tools, here's the address to my webshop again. www.anish.io A-N-Y-Z dot I-O For new products and latest updates from my workbench, just subscribe to my Facebook channel. Facebook slash Anish models. And now, back to the awesome podcast. No, do not throw up right there. God damn it. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Go. God damn it. Fuck. There's the Fuck. cold open. Fuck. 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 Throw up under the bed. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just glad he blocked the camera because I didn't want to see that. Fucking cats. <laughs> you buy them fucking forty dollar a bag cat food, you give them every everything. Let Don't like it. Live, live a life of luxury and they still just want to throw up in the middle of the floor. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's an animal that finds its own arsehole palatable, Will. It's not worth spending. <laughs> <laughs> the following podcast contains scale model chat, adult humour and strong language. If this offends you or if there are sensitive ears around, switch off now. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Sprue Cutters Union. The Sprue Cutters Union is recorded in front of a live audience of vomiting cats. Welcome, everyone, to the New Year's Eve edition, episode 38, whatever you want to fucking call it, of the Sprue Cutters Union. My name is Chris Meddings. With me, I have Will Patterson. What's up? Tracy Hancock. Uh, now this is a special show we we don't have an interview this show there's just five of us talking crap for an hour and a half something like that uh, and having a bit of fun we might even talk about models if you're very lucky so joining us today as co-hosts one time only are david parker good evening and mark neville hello both of AFE and Air Modeler, if you didn't already fucking know, because we talk about it all the time. So there we go. All right. Welcome, everyone. So how was your Christmas? Will, get us started. Uh, Christmas was really quiet here. You know, um, we, we've pared down the Christmas celebration over the years and just enjoyed some family time, played some dominoes, ate some, ate some turkey, and listened to Silent Night like 5,000 times. <laughs> well at least it wasn't mariah or whatever she's called <laughs> yeah it's a weird deal i have a silent night fetish i don't know why but i have like every artist that's ever done silent night it's the one christmas song that i really love 
can't say why, but yes. So I, I really was not exaggerating. It is, it's, it's, yeah. You have it in German. I've heard it in German and it sounds really good. Hmm. It's beautiful. Sinead O'Connor does one that's just amazing. And then there's, you know, your girl, Susan Boyle. She does a fantastic rendition of it. Uh, you know, so it's, it's all good. I love it. What can I say? Tracy? Yeah, a bit of the same, minus the Silent Night shenanigans. Uh, just, <laughs> it's not know. punk enough for you guys. Oh, I bet there's a punk. There's going to be a punk. Movie. Oh yeah, there's got to <laughs> be for sure. And, and I'm sure it's shite, but just do it faster than <laughs> hell. That'll do. Yeah. Uh, no, just, uh, yeah, just a bit of family around. A lot of cooking. A lot of eating. A lot of a lot of relaxing and hanging out. And a little bit of bench time here and there, which is nice. A um, couple of days off from work, but back at it today. Cool, cool. Did you cook Christmas dinner? Yeah, a, a lot of it. Yeah. Well, thanks for the scintillating information on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want you want to know what I had? Oh, I don't know. I know you like cooking. I thought I'd give you a little prompt there to talk about something you like to. No, look at it. It's right. No, I had a message come in right whenever you asked that. Um, no, right, yeah, we cooked uh, Christmas Eve dinner and Christmas dinner. Uh, did a lot of it, kind of prep beforehand, and we had a friend who was out of town, so we could use their oven. Um, just made a, a really nice roast chicken and all the traditional sort of Christmas sides and everything. It was good. Didn't fancy Christmas what? pizzas then? Uh, no. <laughs> Visiting family had pizza on Friday night. Um, I, di- I did not. We know you've been eating. We know you've been eating Christmas tamales since you feel the I... need to send me a notification every time you're having them and I'm not. Well, you're never having them, and I have them occasionally, so <laughs> that's the equation. It's a problem. It's a real problem. It's not. It's delicious. I have somebody who works for me in, in, in the Hispanic community. Um, tamales are a big part of Christmas and New Year's, and they're very labor-intensive. But, um, you know, basically almost any old woman of any culture knows how to make the simplest things taste fantastic. Um, so yeah, I had a, a, a tamale stuff with chicken on Monday and, and had to send Will a picture because he complains that he lives closer to the Mexican border than I do and doesn't get tamales at the frequency that I do. So I literally live in the epicenter of Hispanic culture in the United States and nobody that I know can find me any fucking Christmas tamales. It's <laughs> driving me it's driving me crazy. It's like, I don't know. It's like if, if, if Chris could get steak and kidney pie or whatever's the thing over there and none of you guys could, could get it. It's yeah. Or maybe it's not the same. Fuck. I don't know. You just really want a tamale. I really want a tamale. It's making me crazy. They're so delicious for you. For anybody that doesn't know a tamale is kind of like an enchilada that you could put in your pocket. They, they, they take a, uh, they take a corn, uh, it's called masa and it's like a corn dough and they spread that on a corn husk, like literally the, you know, the dry corn peel that corn cobs come packaged in. And then they, and then they put a, put a layer of like red chili infused pork or chicken or whatever on that. And you roll it up and you put a whole bunch of them in a big pot and you steam them. And so 
when you get them out, you it's like a little Christmas present. You unwrap the corn husk and the delicious little thing is inside and you put cheese and chili sauce. It's so good. Wait, yeah. wait, I'm sorry. You put cheese and chili sauce where? On it? On top on top of your tamales. Yeah. You put cheese on tamales. That's Fuck why you're not getting any, dude. That's why you're not. No. You no, don't you, put cheese on your. Yeah, I no, know. Dude, now I, I know it. You now just I know you eat them East the way Coast. they come, or maybe a little. Well, you can maybe a little salsa verde or something, but you could. Yeah, cheese? for sure. Yeah, of course. Cheese, I mean, red no, chili I, I sauce. I've never in my life seen anybody put cheese on a tamale. Well, you're welcome to be wrong. I mean, you do live on the East Coast, so. and yet I eat more tamales than you. So how am I wrong? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> welcome everyone to Drive Time Tamale Talk. <laughs> Mark, please save us. Somebody, somebody, take this conversation oh. in a different direction. <laughs> oh, it's a bit hectic in our house. There was 14 people here on Christmas Day, oh, so shit. that's down to my wife. So. Yeah, we had a had a big crowd and lots of people to cook for. We're in the kitchen for about six hours on Christmas Eve, prepping everything up. So, yes, there was turkey. That's thanks to you a lot. We had a duck as well and some gammon and all the vegetables and the some what? Shebang. Ham, gammon, uh, gammon, gammon? Like, like, yeah, like a small ham, like a whole ham. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, not really ham, what? is it? It's like a yeah, it's cured, yeah, it's differently yeah, cured ham, yeah. kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah. a relief because yeah, gammon gammon does not sound appetizing. <laughs> <clears throat> Doesn't sound appetizing to me either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like gammon, but not gammons. <laughs> yeah, gammons. That's, that yeah. sounds like a part of the animal you eat when you have no choice. <laughs> well, they say you can eat everything on a pig except the squeak. The squeak, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, certainly, we try. So yes, it's been a bit uh, a bit hectic, but this is the first bit of peace I've had actually. Apart from uh, sloping off into the the workshop in the garage, but uh, yeah, I was found out there. I was hunted down and brought back in, so. <laughs> kicking and screaming. Yeah, in the orange jumpsuit with the with the yeah. Vehicles. <laughs> yeah. David, what about you? Yeah, I've been been very quiet really. Um, we've had a visitation of the the regular <clears throat> plague that's going around at the moment, so that's impacted on how everybody's been feeling. I've been fine, but <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, my wife's not been feeling grand. So yeah, it's but oh, no. not, not that we wanted, not that we had anything elaborate planned anyway. But uh, just fairly fairly small scale. Um, so yeah. Well, we hope uh, she gets well soon. Yeah, she's on the mend, I think, but uh, just uh, it has been like you say, it's timing. been great. I've I've had one thing after another, and all the yeah. kids have had it, and then got something else, and it's just been awful for that this year. Yeah, is this is this the Rona or something else? No, something else. I think um, there's various things going around, but beastly <clears throat> unpleasantness. That's all it's been. What Flu-y I mean. type. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wait, it's the it's the lurgy, right? Lurgy, yeah. yes. That's good generalization. Six a parrot. Very good. Well, <laughs> he's I'm learning. learning. I'm learning. Although he still goes lurgy, like he has to concentrate on it. <laughs> <laughs> and how and how and how do you guys how do you guys spell that? L L U U R G G. They're not Welsh. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the Welsh one. That's Clergy. <laughs> you have that uh, Welsh train station name tattooed on your penis, Chris, don't you? <laughs> Real. <Yeah>. Real, yeah. <laughs> that bit's being cut. <laughs> I've got a few things we could talk about. Uh, we'll see how we get on uh, for the listeners. There's no real structure to this. Um, if I need them, then I'll use them. If not, we'll just chat away for a bit. So I don't know what you're going to be in for listening to this, but I hope you enjoy it. One of the things I've been thinking about is, I know it's a cliche, but coming up to the end of the year, I always think about the year that's just been and the year that's coming and uh, to kind of take stock of where I am with my modelling and what I'm doing what's the thing you've done this year that you feel best about in your modeling? What's the achievement this year that you're happiest with? I'll start with you this time, Tracy. I mean, start with David. He's the easiest. All right, David. <laughs> he's, he's, accompli- he's actually accomplished something out of so the So, David, what breakthrough have you made this week? <laughs> actually finishing something, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a decade, although, uh, decade goal, isn't it? Although it's it's it's, it's uh, been a double edged sword because it's taken the wind out of my sails for the rest of the year. So I haven't really, I don't feel like I've done anything for six months particularly. So, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it again because I feel like I'm always on here talking about it. But um, yeah, it's nice to get. It was nice to get that. Nice to get a seven-year project f- wrapped up finally and and mm. and finished and uh, uh, to my satisfaction, I think that was the main thing. So yeah, um, uh, but it's been a funny year, I think, from from that point of view because I felt like the first half of it I was hurtling towards this deadline of this of um, what was that show called. <laughs> Oh, World, Model Model Expo. Expo. <laughs> World Model Expo, that's it. Um, <laughs> Hurtling towards that as a deadline um, and realising that I'd probably been a bit too relaxed and having to sort of rush to get this thing finished. And then spending the, rec- the next six months really not, not doing a great deal in that, sort of, in that sort of field. Doing a lot of other things, but not really having a project that I was, I've been working on. So, um, You've been working a lot on the SAS Jeep, haven't you? The, the more LRDG Jeep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, yeah, that's that's almost there. There's uh, another one of those projects where somebody's kind of nudged me into, um, why don't we do one of these? <laughs> and you look at it, you think, that, yeah, that looks, that looks quite simple. I think we can do something like that. <laughs> um but I've been lucky. I've had um, I've had a lot of uh, well, it was actually, one of the first people to nudge me about it was a chap called um, called Charlie Down, who's um, uh, extremely knowledgeable about the LRDG vehicles and the SAS stuff and all that, and runs the one of the Facebook groups on on it. And basically, not only does he know everything about it, but he's also got pictures of it. Mm. <laughs> so down to like even down to sort of the biscuit tins that they use to carry the ammunition in things he's got all oh, those with med- yeah. you know so it's, it's been from my point of view in terms of sort of digging out reference and things it's, he's, you know having him working alongside has been fantastic um uh 
so yeah, and it, it's it's been it's it's been quite a fun project. And I'm busy um, I'm busy sculpting some crew figures to go in the vehicle at the moment as well, which I'm quite enjoying. I guessed you might be. Yeah, <laughs> one of them looks quite like Will actually. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's unfortunate. Oh, no, oh well, then that that answers my question. If you were yeah. doing it by hand, or if that was going to be another uh, ZBrush project for no, you? No, no, no. I don't know what I'm doing with that in terms of sculpting figures. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a clue. So, yeah, so no. that means so that so that means that next month you'll be you'll have it mastered. <laughs> yeah i don't think so i don't think so yeah we've uh, you're far too modest we've seen your progression with no from, what i, from, what from I a, have is i have just enough knowledge to be dangerous i think that's the thing <laughs> well it's that, it's impressive I can, I can get in there and do the thing i need to do and, and get out but i'm probably not doing it in the, in the best way uh, sounds like the SES. <laughs> yeah it kind of is <laughs> Fuck it, be all right. It's yeah. just as much bad driving and um, and bad language, certainly. I think. <laughs> well, I, dude, I think you're just a natural because I mean, I watched you go from, hey, I think I'm going to start learning Fusion 360 to, you know, <laughs> look at look at look at my complete M2 Browning machine gun assembly in mm. like five minutes, and then you were doing dented things and cushions and in zbrush and i mean that's i mean what inside of a year a little bit more than that but it's yeah i think yeah it's there's a sort of um there's a way of sort of thinking about things and i think if you if you've been doing a lot of scratch building already it translates really easily across so i think that was that that's really helped um that really helped well, me that's part get... that's part of it but you're being far too modest i mean the the interface with fusion 360 is not difficult but to somebody who's never done cad it's not intuitive and when you jump over to the soft surface stuff in ZBrush or Blender, I mean, that's a whole other world, man. And I see oh, people struggle. Absolutely. I find it absolutely impenetrable in Blender. I just... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Know, so many buttons and boxes and menus, and most of them mean absolutely nothing to me. Um, and... Um, uh, I guess that's one thing that we discussed, David, wasn't it? It's a bit like Photoshop. You know it does all these things. It can do this. But you, if you focus on the things that you need it to do for what you need it's whittles it down to probably five percent of the software that you that you're using to, rather than trying to yeah. be all things to all men cover everything you're kind of focusing on on what you need don't yeah you? i think i've also found that the secret to to that really has been <clears throat> making the effort to get a little bit of sort of tuition and and a bit of mm. guidance yeah because it helps a lot you can, instead of uh like I tried to, uh, I looked at how to sort. I want. I wanted to add some texture onto things, and I had no idea to how to do that. So I, I searched for some videos on doing that. And uh, within the first thirty seconds of this video playing, I realised I didn't know what the what the person doing the video was talking about because they were using some <laughs> bit of software I didn't know, and they just assumed you knew what they were talking about. Um, and I think that. You know, when you when you're setting out to to do that sort of thing, you you there's certain things you're wanting to achieve, 
you know, certain things you want to you want to be able to do with it. And I think if you can go in with somebody sort of um, by your side, holding your hand a bit, and get you through those things, so you can see how how you get where how you can get to where you want to be, then that's that's really the, the secret to it, rather than just floundering around. Because I, I and I'm sure everybody else is the same. You you spend you spend half an hour flapping around trying to find some process within all these buttons and menus and things, and you just get frustrated and you give up because there's, there's you can go and stick some bits of plastic together, and that's more satisfying than crashing around in some bit of software you don't understand. So that's yeah. why I've never learned CAD. I'll be honest. Yeah, but I think if I if I sat down <clears throat> if we sat down online together and you know, saying so, you said I want to design, you know, this new propeller boss or something, you know, but I reckon I could have you doing that by the end of the day, and then yeah, easily, easily, yeah. And, and I think with off. Chris's with Chris's uh, with Chris's scratch building experience, that he would gravitate to the parts of it that really do translate. I mean, you know, make a hole here, shave a little bit off there, whatever it is, yeah. that part would be would be natural. Yeah. We're back to making Chris learn cat again, aren't we? Well, <laughs> 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 not making. I mean, you know, it's your... No, it's a little joke I have with Will that he won't leave, he won't like... Uh, no, I, 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 I hear the joke on it. a regular basis, so I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know the way it runs, so... Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, Chris, I was, I was you, mm. you know, I was completely happy. You know, I had my, I, you know, there wasn't much I couldn't tackle scratch bill wise. So I was perfectly happy with that. I didn't see the need to get into 3D. Um, and it was really the kind of pandemic that, that gave me that bit of space to, to learn that. And now I wish I'd done it years ago. <laughs> It's the time is the main issue for me. I would it like is to time. Yeah. 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 It is time. But but you get faster at it once you really once you start to learn those basics that David's talking about, mm. it becomes so fast that you'll start making grab handles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be it's no different. It's so much faster than bending a bit of fucking wire. <laughs> you I mean with your experience fast. learning how to lay out things for publication, I mean it's the same thing. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because you were talking, uh, David. Well, sorry to interrupt, Tracy. We're talking about CAD. I know every time. (laughs) I was going to say at the start of this, please don't interrupt each other. It makes it easier to edit. And then I go jumping on top of people. Um, But I'm the same with InDesign. I learned the 10% of InDesign I need to lay out a book and the rest of it, no fucking idea what it does. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But you can design. Tracy. You can lay a book out, can't you? Yeah. Well, some people say I can't. <laughs> yeah, well, you had my point is you had to learn the software to do that, and yeah, now, and, and now it it's something hard. you don't even think about. And I think you know when you do take the step to to learning how to do a few things, it won't be as big of a hurdle as you think it is. I got to that point as well. I used to use a simpler drawing program that wasn't nearly as good for doing it. And I've got to that point now when I have to jump into that to do something because it could do something in design can't do and I've developed um, Illustrator. And I could do it fine in that. But I hate the interface because I've got used to the InDesign interface. So mm-hmm. I'm like trying to place pictures and you can't. You have to go and in, insert, insert. And it's just like, why can't it be like InDesign, fucker? Well, I have the same problem with CAD now. I try and, and when I go back to page layout and I'm trying to spin the page round and 
Do all these, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do all these things with my mouse that it won't do because uh, <laughs> it's extremely frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you pinch zoom a book, isn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't done that? <laughs> I always just thought people that did it, oh, they're such idiots. And then one day I'm like, oh. <laughs> I've just done it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mark? What's been your achievement or, or what do you well, think has been the most significant thing this year? I've not. To be honest, I think, I was chatting to David the other day, and I think since since we're, we don't have the sponsorship deal with Meng that we had, uh, I used to build a lot of the Meng kits, so it was kind of one after the other. You didn't really have the choice. It was, you know, this is the latest kit, but, you know, great kits, quite happy to build them. I think since since uh, that's eased off, it's it's been a little bit... I've been quiet, and I've been... Mm-hmm. Been a bit lazy modeling wise, really, and I think as well. I sometimes don't know how David does it. You, you kind of get modeled out, and you're the same, Chris. You know, you're doing this eight hours, nine hours a day, and you come to want to relax. Do you really want to be doing any modeling or looking at models or anything model related? Whereas I'm terrible. I'd yeah. be twenty four seven if I could. Well, <laughs> I never get tired of it. My my other passion I've always had is the. Volkswagen restoration, the vintage yeah. Volkswagens. And I've got another car, which I'm doing at the moment. So I've spent any spare time I've had on that, really. Um, so, yeah, I've done a couple of projects for Air and AFV, but I've been I've been a bit slack in, in that respect. Uh, you've got to really be careful with your spare time, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah what Volkswagen are you, are you restoring right now, Mark? Uh, I've got a... a a Beetle, a Boga 56 oval window. So mm-hmm. that's, it's, it, it's, it's at a good stage, um, restoration wise, but I've got the body shell at one side of the, the garage, which is all finished. And I'm just working on the, the chassis, the floor pan at the moment. So it's a bit like a one to one scale kit, really. Everything's there ready to go together and, you know, uh, still swearing, still, you know, cutting yourself. You've just got to clean up the seams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, a fifty-five-gallon yeah. bucket of uh, Tumia Extra Thin. Different, yeah. yeah, different, different tools, but same sort of mindset. You know, a lot of, lot of planning. I'm going to have to do that before I can do that, and that needs painting before I can put that in place. And so, yeah, so it is a bit like a one-to-one kit. Do you do all your own metal work and body work? Uh, no, the. There's kind of things that I do and stuff that I don't. The, the body shell was already restored with this car, so that was good. Mm, uh, it was pretty much a restored car, which has just been kind of unpicked to detail up a bit better, you know. Um, so I'm just busy putting all the, the hard lines in them and all the fuel lines, the brake lines, um, uh, building an axle up. It's, it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a customy low rider restoration, you know. Not just a bog stock kind of car. Oh, so you're not going to restore it to factory? It's it was. Not, it's actually it's so so expensive to do something that's 100 percent Conco's mm. restoration. Although it's quite a rare car with it being in a, a very early car, uh, it's it's kind of easier and better to have that slight sort of custom feel to it because you don't have to be a stickler for certain parts, which are something that might cost you 
thousands can cost hundreds, if you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, that that's been taken up a, a lot of my spare time, really. Um, I was quite pleased with that when that Border Models One Hundred Nine came out, the thirty-fifth scale kit. Mm. It's it's not perfect. It's got its flaws. It's it's kind of a downscale version of the the trumpeter. Uh, you did a really nice job of it, though. Right? I, 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 I did enjoy that. I, yeah. I, I'd always fancied doing a, you know, that kind of, not just an aircraft on an airfield diorama, like involving the aircraft, like you would a vehicle. Um, and I quite enjoyed doing that, but that was that was nearly a year ago because normally I have a kind of holiday project going on, but there's, there's, you know, I haven't got anything happening this year. But that was last year. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed doing that, and in the latest. AFV, there's a Brumbar, which I kind of had hanging around a bit, and that started and stopped and started and stopped, but uh, eventually got that finished. So that's probably it? the only couple of things that I've that I've done. Uh, probably the Tamiya kit? It was, yeah. It was the, the mm. later one, Tracy, yeah. Um, which is probably, it's your best bet if you want to do a, do a late one. Uh, yeah. I originally wanted to do the... Um, have a go at the disc camouflage. Hmm. I kind of went by the way when I saw a colour plate and a, a book and it all kind of evolved a different down a different route, you know, as it does sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, it was a nice kit. Uh, you know, a few, the typical time, yeah, went together great, but needed some refinements here and there. But, you know, that's what we do. That's where the fun is, isn't it, for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it. Um Picked on some of the stuff we had in in stock, T Rex bits and pieces, which are little nice additions. That, you know, things like the just like the lamps and uh, uh, fire extinguishers, tool brackets, things like that. So. Tracy, what about you? Um, I think the thing that I'm happiest about this year is is the little Panzer one that I've been working on because it was such a shelf queen. Um, I mean, that thing was built, uh, I don't know, man, five, seven, eight years ago. I don't even remember, but I pulled it out. I botched up the paint three times and kept stripping and repainting until I got something I was happy with. I just felt like I, I had a real clear vision and, uh, and, I like the way that everything about it and the presentation that I'm working on right now has evolved. Um, I think that we've talked about it in the show uh, post world model expo, but the thing that I took away from world model expo um, pretty heavily was presentation and storytelling and layout. Um, were things that I really kind of focused on and thought, okay, well, this is, this is something I'm going to focus on and and up my game this year. And I like where this is heading and I feel like I'm spending more time uh, letting, you know, like Will says, letting the model speak to me, you know, like letting the layout speak to me and just saying like (laughs) putting things out. And if it's, if it's, if something keeps nagging me that that space is too empty or whatever, you know, I address it. Um, and I'm happy. I'm really happy with the figure that I painted. Uh, it's probably the best figure I've done yet. Um, attempted it with 
acrylics and it was okay it just felt a little rough which the sculpt um it's a tank figure from russia and the sculpt is a little rough um but it's got a lot of character and i feel like when i went back in with uh oil uh after our interview with david lane i feel like i got i became much happier with my transitions and things like that and i'm i'm it's really nice i i keep the the diorama sitting on the bench while I'm working on other things. And I just keep looking at the figure and the figure really pleases me. And it, it is a good source of motivation for me to, to maintain that level throughout the entirety of it. You know, like the deep, like the, the, the photo that David sent us uh, on messenger before the details matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so does the sloppy wash crappy finish. Yeah. yeah so just, just, you know, <laughs> slowing down and taking taking time to, to sort the details out but also like the perseverance of of bringing that model to a finish yeah yeah i mean you certainly have persevered with that one you didn't give up did you no it, despite having a rage spray at one point <laughs> yeah i mean i i, I royally <laughs> fucked up the paint several times and instead of continuing doing what i was doing i stopped and analyzed what i was doing and where it was going wrong and and how I could fix that. And I feel again, like taking the time to do that resulted in a much better product. There's two lessons. I think listen to some listeners, not all of you, all of you, I'm sure, you know, different, but uh, could take from that. One is for me that that's been a long time project you've been working on. You put a lot of work into the detailing and everything else. And all the time you hear guys saying, I'm afraid to paint it or weather it in case I screw it up. You did paint and weather it. You did screw it up. Then you unscrewed it. Then you rescrewed it. Then you unscrewed it. Then you rescrewed it. And eventually, <laughs> though, because you persevered and didn't worry about screwing up, you came out with a good, you know, something you're really pleased with. So I have, it doesn't matter. I have Screwing never in my matter. life repainted something, whether it be once, twice, or three times, that each result Amazing. wasn't better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely the thing. It, it unfucking your shit always. I think imp- it makes Ab- your skins absolutely. better. Absolutely, it all you always end up with a better result. Whether that result is still a fuck up, you know, it, it's it's a little closer probably than the first attempt. But but every time you take the time to to redo something and and actually slow down and and try to do a better job of it, you do you end up with a better product. So I think a lot of, you know, you hear people or see on the internet where people ask for critique on what's going on and they're like, well, okay, this one's too far gone. I'm just going to bend it and and try again on the next model. That is certainly a a valid thing, right? It's up to you how you want to use your time. Um, But the other solution is to just, you know, strip it down and try it again. I suppose it depends how many fucks you have invested in the project to start with. Yeah. I mean, if you've done a good deal of work on the kit uh, and you don't feel like redoing all that work. You actually strip, you strip the pin. So I, I used uh, uh, to me a primer. So I did take it all the way back down to primer, but that was pretty easy because I was, um, I was using hairspray and mission models paint and the, I could, I literally just took um, like a Windex, a spray bottle of Windex and sprayed it on the tank. And it was, it was 
the hit, the spray hitting the tank was removing the paint. So your paint your paint was an acrylic and your primer was lacquer, so you were able to separate those even. I yep. mean, and then the hairspray helped for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, good. Would have done that. I think I think one of the most important things that's not even about the the thing you're working on right now is that unfucking your shit makes you more confident down the road, like when you want to try something new, because you can sort of imagine, okay, what could go wrong with this thing that I want to try? Okay, I've encountered these things before, and it's not a big deal. So if it does, if the worst does in fact come to pass, I'll be okay because I'll just fix it. Yeah, uh, the, you're less likely to make the same mistake, but you right. also are, if you understand, you know, like like you were just saying that acrylics over lacquer, like it's it's not going to be that hard to take the paint back off and just start exactly. Again, you know, it's it's not so much like if a specific thing happens. It's just it's just that knowledge that okay, I want to try something cool with some paint, and if it doesn't go well. I know I can fix just about any defect in paint because I've Yeah, it gives you confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, Fixing absolutely. things makes yeah, you confident absolutely. that you can fix things. Yeah. And that and that liberates you creatively to try new things without fear. Right. And also if you analyze what you've done, most of the time for me on this project, I was pushing forward with materials that weren't ready to be to be used you know if, if i fucked up my paint it was because my paint wasn't quite right before i ever started spraying it and rather than like just even dumping a cup of paint and starting over again i was like i can make it work and then you know reality says no no you can't like this is this is a there's an equation to this for it to work and you just wishing it was going to work is not going to be uh, a success story, you know? Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can cross your fingers all you like, but, you know. It wouldn't help you airbrush. Nope. <laughs> uh, Will, what's been your highlight, your achievement, whatever of the year? What's your lesson from 2022? I, I, Other than you know, don't get cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I, I have a hard time answering that question with this year because it's been, uh, I mean, it's been an eventful year for me in all respects, not just model making, um, but there's just been a lot of stuff. And, and But with model making, I, it's, I mean, look, one of my great pleasures of 2023 was having my Hornet in Mark and David's wonderful magazine. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not blowing smoke right now. That's That's legitimately true. That was that was a real highlight for me. You guys always make stuff look amazing. And after, you know, wrestling with that stupid thing for 10 months, which I feel like, a you know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a, a baby complaining about 10 months in the face of Mark's seven year odyssey with the tank. But you uh, know, I mean, it, David's seven year odyssey. So, yeah. Sorry. See, <laughs> it comes to tanks. He just doesn't care. I just lose my mind. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I mean, that was, that was a big deal for me. Um, and just getting it, getting it to the finish line and, and you know, that Not thing bad for a palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> I, that thing. Right. It, I, I literally started out thinking that I was going to make that thing in, in three months and that I was going to get it into that Ming, uh, best of, of 2021 contest by the 31st of December of, of last year. <laughs> 
<laughs> obviously failed to do that, but I got it in there this year and it ended up winning and, and that was worth, you know, that was worth a, a thousand Absolutely. bucks. So, yeah, well, done. so that was, yeah. you know, do that you was not, pretty cool. I mean, do you not think though, Phil, um, <laughs> Revenge. It's, okay. it's a dish. It's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, I've been called way worse than I've been called way worse than Phil. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. it. Yeah. Well, good Don't job of letting me use the name you've got on screen. So um, yeah, no. I, I was, what I was what I was trying to say, Will, was that do you not think that once once you get to a certain sort of ability or a certain sort of way of working, that there is no such thing anymore as a quick kind of <laughs> you know, no nonsense out of the box thing because you can't you can't help yourself but fix things or improve things or tweak things or embellish or you know to to whatever degree. I, I mean, I found that with you know with with review builds that I've done so many mm. of them where I just can't I just couldn't just couldn't close the canopy on that thing without fitting seat belts or I couldn't you know. Whatever it was, I'd have to tweak it because that was just it just it grated not to do these things. Yeah, you you thing? and I are oh absolutely. I mean you and I definitely share the share the gene or whatever it is that makes yeah. us go to do. Yeah. We we do, but it's it's you know, there's matters of degree and and I, you know, David, you're absolutely a madman, and I don't, I don't think that I've gotten there yet. But I mean, I'm, I'm proving that out with this little uh, Tamiya 148 uh, Sherman Easy Eight that I'm working on. You know, as Tracy and Chris have pointed out, you should be able to build that in a weekend. <laughs> and- <laughs> no. I said you can doesn't mean you should. And I am, I am now on. I mean, the whole idea with that little thing—it was an arbitrary group build that we were supposed to finish by the thirty-first of December. So that's been that's been six weeks, and I think this afternoon I will call the build part done. And it's uh, it's all because. I couldn't live with the cable ends in the kit. So I had to design and print my own or I didn't like the tow hooks or I didn't like the grab handles or the 50 cal or whatever it is. I mean, I, I just, I've really enjoyed the micro engineering of, of all those little bits and pieces. And it's caused me to push my, my 3d printing skills, um, to a new lower limit of, you know, just exactly how small can I go? And, uh, and that's been fun. That's been good. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with that. It's, it's, it's pushing my, pushing my boundaries. Um, I went to two shows. Um, I went to the, to the sort of regional one in San Antonio model Fiesta. Um, and then I went to the IPMS national thing in Omaha. So those were new adventures that, I, you know, pushed myself physically and, and I, I, I had experiences that have added to my whole sort of catalog, I guess, of experiences in model making. And so it's, it's all been good, but it's hard to say that there was one specific thing that really, you know, was really the best. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's been an overall good year, but not one where I could say, okay, this was the thing. I think for me, it was uh, the first serious, I don't know what the word is, 
super detail, I suppose, correction, whatever, of an aircraft kit. Because I've built a lot of aircraft kits and I've scratch built bits to go in them or fixed bits on them or this and that. But um, everyone always says aircraft modeling is so much more difficult than, you know, proper art, not like those armor twats. <laughs> and, um, I don't know who these, uh, I don't know who these everyone are. <laughs> I mean, I've long suspected they're full of shit. And I now know they're full of shit because it's no different. I mean, sure, the things you're working with are slightly different. Not even the challenges are different. Surface is surface. Good surface is good surface. Mm -hmm. So I did some things I've never done. I filled panel lines and scrubbed new panel lines. I've riveted aircraft using HGW decals before, which are great, and but not easy to work with. And the first time I did it allowed me to work all that out. So this time it was no real trauma. But scratch built the full interior, did all the glazing on it, which was new to me as well. I vac formed the odd bit before, but not nearly that much. And that was that was really fun to do. So um, I suppose on aircraft, the only difference is you really have to make sure everything's square, lined up in the right line and everything else, which you can kind of get away with on tanks, but not as much as aircraft modelers think you can. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I suppose that for me was my big, oh, yeah, I suppose that was my big achievement this year. That oh, come on books. now. Come on. Yeah, you're completely skipping <laughs> over. <laughs> the, the, fa the fact that you raised a, a lot of money for a very good cause with your Ukraine uh, book projects and that you managed to design, layout, and print and deliver, key word there, deliver, those books in a, an absurdly small amount of time, even though you're a one, like one man shop. Out, I mean, it, Mark it, laid out some of it as well, so I didn't do all of it. That is true. Small, you, small you, had some, you, you had some help from your friends, but it wouldn't have happened without your singular focus and dedication. And a lot. Have we of, still not got video. Uh, no. no. Oh. No, then none of you can see how embarrassed I feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't no, like you should be taking a bow, Chris. Me. You should be taking a bow for that. Because, yeah. you know, everybody else just sat around thinking worthy thoughts, but you actually did something about it. Absolutely. And, um, I'm not going to say who, but I did actually offer the book to someone else. I said I'd project manage it for them. Oh because I thought they'll be bigger, they'll have better distribution, they'll sell yeah. more books, etc. They said no. The reason they said no was because they already had a very full slate of stuff they were doing. Oh. And they pay designers to do the layout and they pay other people to do this and other people. To do. Oh. So to them, it would be a massive net cost. For me, yeah. all it cost was a few hundred hours of my time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't pay myself for, so it doesn't count. A few, a few nights of sleep, <laughs> a few well, trips, you know, a few, a few trips to the uh, messenger conversations with these two. Going, I'm fucking stressed. Leave me fucking alone. Fuck I know, out. I know exactly how much how much work it is to organise something like that, and to and how much work it is to put it all pull it all together, and how much work it is to uh, distribute it and send it out, and especially with the ridiculous situation we've had with postal services in the in the last few weeks and months and the ridiculous cost as well the cost of sending cost, a book yeah. to america now is yeah, obscene it's, it's, i don't know why america is so expensive but yeah. it actually costs as much to send one pretty much to america as it does to send one to australia yeah. and one's twice as far away as the other one yeah. and they have to fly over russia yeah. <laughs> so well not anymore they go via i don't know africa or whatever but it's just so, yeah no, it's, it's, the moment is absolutely balmy 
I mean, mm. we've we've found so many turtles to get over, haven't we, David? It's just been yeah, yeah. It, it, it's been a nightmare for for anybody trying to send anything anywhere apart from in the UK. I mean, yeah. well, for what, what for whatever UK? it's for whatever it's worth, and I don't know if there's if this if this connects or not, but it's it's gotten crazy to ship anything within the United States. Right, uh, shipping just in general over here is terrible. I mean, I had to do some, I had to send some documents FedEx last week, and it was a hundred bucks to get an overnight mm-hmm. shipment. Wow. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should, I have to say, the by far the worst part of it is distribution part. It's packing, posting, shipping, and moving yeah. books as well when they come from the printer. It's yeah. a backbreaking job, and that's something you two will know better than anyone because you're doing it every month, pretty much. But. Uh, I don't think people appreciate how much work just goes into that that one part of it. No, I uh, and I do fully appreciate. We we fully appreciate, you mm. know, and uh, yeah. But I mean, when people are moaning about the cost of magazines and that, I'm thinking, will you fucking try and make one? <laughs> yeah, well, like you know, we all know where you. We all know the inside line on that. Well, I say we yeah. all. The, you and you and me and Mark know fully fully mm. well. You know how that all operates and how difficult it is and uh, the hurdles you have to overcome. Uh, I was going to say it's that difficult. I looked into starting up a new magazine just as a logic exercise or whatever, thought, you know, Mm. experiment. And I think the barriers are so big now that it's actually impossible to launch a new modeling magazine unless you have some serious money. Yes, I would agree that you would need vast amounts of funding to get or just not pay, just just don't pay the contributors. Well, there's that strategy as well. <laughs> but even so, they've got the fact that they were up established and had distribution and everything already set up. If you tried to do that now with the way the distribution gangsters, let's call them what they are, work mm. in the UK, yeah. Yeah. you couldn't. You just couldn't do it no. because the money required up front to get them to take your magazines is obscene. Oh, you yeah, absolutely. It was obscene when we when we took that plunge and went on the newsstands, which is yeah. going back of long, probably going on towards twenty years ago, and it was an eye watering amount of money just to get onto the shelves. That's before they take any slice of your sales or anything else. The various other taxes they they they, they charge you for the benefit of selling your magazine. So, yeah, it's not it's not fun. No. <laughs> no. Well, I, I added it up about five zeros were probably required to get oh, started. Yeah. Maybe four, but yeah. Sure, oh, yeah, a lot. I would imagine so, yeah. 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 I just want to add... five zeros. I, I just want to add something, and I, 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 I think Tracy will agree with me on this, and I, I want to say this carefully, Chris, because I don't want to infringe on your privacy, but you know, you've done all of the things that you've done, and Tracy and I know this because... We're, you know, like our. Because I moan about it all the time. <laughs> well, because 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 we're bros, and 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 you, you know, you talk to us about stuff mm. that's going on. But, you know, you've had some challenges of your own on a personal front that have been, that would have been, that would be a, a massive load for anybody to carry, and you've soldiered through that, and continue to soldier through that, and still yeah, get the. And still get the shit, the, the shit done that you need to do. And 
Yeah, but sometimes getting the shit done is what helps you get. Do you know what I mean? It, no, it, I, it helps. Trust me, I I I fully understand that. But because I know everyone here's had really hard times. So, you know, everybody's everybody's got their everybody's got their their burden to carry for mm. sure. But I just hope that you don't ever lose sight of the fact that you know you're carrying a lot. And for those of us that know what's up, you know, it, just mad respect. Can we end the group hug now? It's making me really embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm English. This is fucking not what we do. You should be calling me, start calling me a, an arsehole and a shit and all this, and I'll, I'll know you love me then. <laughs> all right, fucker, well, let's, move. Word, let's, then. <laughs> let's move. Let's move on to a new topic then. Hi, Scott from the Scale Model of Supply here. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish each and every listener of the Sprue Cutters Union a safe and happy new year, and we hope that 2023 is great for all of you. This past year has been great for us here at SMS with continued expansion of our company and product ranges, and in 2023 we're going to be continuing this trend with many more new and exciting paint colours on the horizon, and a number of new tools and accessories that we currently have in development. We wouldn't be able to do this without all your continued support, so from all of us here at the Scale Model of Supply, we thank you. So, to order online, or to find your closest retailer, please visit our website at scalemodeler.com.au or, if you're in the UK, smspaints.co.uk. So once again, Happy New Year, and in 2023, remember that when quality matters, choose SMS Paints. Tetra Model Works would like to wish all Sprue Cutters Union listeners a happy, healthy, and successful 2023. If you'd like to know more about Tetra Model Works and the best PE you can get for ships, armour or aircraft, please go to tetramodel.com. All right, so oh, I'll tell you what, let's lighten things up a bit. What's the dumbest thing you've seen in modelling this year? This is what I've been looking forward to. What's the dumbest fucking thing you've seen in modelling this year? Anything yeah. could be like a post, it could be a kit, it could be a product, it could be someone being a fucking idiot, anything you like. <laughs> Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll get is, David first. <laughs> oh, yeah, cheers. Uh, <laughs> the thing with social media is it brings all the dumb into one one massive cauldron, doesn't it? It's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, you could you could be all day, sort of scrolling through it endlessly. Uh, and it, you know this. Things like this are a bit like that. Uh, those surveys they do of what's your favourite, what's your favourite all-time record, and people always pick the one they heard an hour ago on <laughs> <Yeah>. the radio, <clears throat> and then they forget the Beatles or whoever it is because they haven't heard that recently. Uh, I don't know. I, I find it. I mean, I, I have got one thing I could I could pick out there for this, from this afternoon, but I don't. <laughs> from I don't this afternoon. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's let's hear it. Come on. No, Come on, I don't dish. think I, I, think I want dish. to share it. Dish, um, we love we love this. That's what this that's what this se- this is the burr under your saddle segment. <laughs> yeah. I, I there's there's so many things all the time. I, I think the thing that always that really this year's really got under my saddle, shall we say, is 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 the the pejorative use of of rivet counter? All the hey, time. I knew it. <laughs> oh, yes. You're singing us all. Oh, drives me mad, and and you know, 
part of me wants to embrace that as a sort of thing because I know that's that's what I do. I do. I am in. I am focused on detail. I'm focused on getting things right. I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I'll, I stalk the internet pointing out these mistakes. I bite my lip a lot of the time because I just think, mm. no, I'm not going to say anything about that. You know, if the person wants to paint it that color, that's it's their model. Um, if they're asking for information, then maybe I'll chip in. But even then, sometimes I just move on. Um, but just this kind of lazy shorthand of anybody who is in interested remotely in the quality end of and the skill end of the hobby is labeled rivet counter just at the drop of a hat you know for uh for the the most minor of things or not even doing anything just be (laughs) just even expressing their own opinion about something is is enough to get you labeled that and yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to see it stamped out. I think it's high time people, you know, you don't get, you don't get the thing reversed. You know, you don't, you don't get people going around. Um, Assembler just doesn't quite have the same punch, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, Actually, there was, off, somebody, off there was somebody the other day who was pulling out, pulling out various like prehistoric Tamiya kits. Um, and I say Prince, they're so old, some of them have been deleted from the Tamiya range. And he's, he was ranting about that this, this, the 1968 or whatever it was, Stug 3 was as good as any of the current kits. And, that, <laughs> and that's a fact. It was, this was a fact. We, uh, they always capitalise facts. Yeah, it was definitely it was in, in capitalism. I thought, no, it, it's a fact that you haven't actually seen the current kits, otherwise. There's no way, you know, or you just don't, you're just really not bothered. You know, it's like an impression, it's like an impressionist painting. It's like a, a sketch of something, you know, uh, that looks roughly like a... Uh, shaped A Ferrari, you know, it's kind of got that kind of swoopy shape. But it, you know, it's, <laughs> but it's... <laughs> it's a flattened it's, larder. Yeah, it's not, you know. <clears throat> And for me, and for a lot of people, I think, you know, the whole point of this, if if you're making a model of something, it's supposed to be the thing reproduced in as much accuracy as you can get at a reduced size. It's not supposed to be something that kind of vaguely looks like something. Um, So that's my thing. Just for goodness sake, can we just stamp it out or just come down on it like a ton of bricks? You know, just, it's, it is ridiculous. And, um, it is holding, it's all like, like pedaling in reverse, you know. I mean, it's fine if you want to just build things, you know, the way you want to do them, you know, then then that's absolutely fine. But then don't, don't go posting them in groups that are all about accuracy, for example, and expect to get, mm. you know, uh, a standing ovation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to, you know, uh, I'm just going to be, be a bit honest about things. Yeah. Um, I think the worst thing is when somebody will post something and, you know, they'll ask this, they'll ask that, and then, you know, if, if, if something's pointed out, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, I just don't care, just build for myself. Well, why why post? Why, why ask these questions if 
You don't yeah. care. You must care if you if you go to the trouble of posting something and you you know. <laughs> then they say, "I'm just sharing my work for everyone yeah. to enjoy." And it's like, well, we don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit egotistical, isn't it? <laughs> kind of off off track a little bit back to what I was saying about the whole VW thing that I'm involved with. There's a similar thing where people are called buffers. The the, the kind of you know it has to be the, the the bolt has to have the correct Volkswagen mark on it, and it has to be right. galvanized to this color. But but you've got to admire these people who take things to the nth degree. But again, they're kind of persecuted as being the buffers, the oh, pipe yeah. and slippers, and it's got to be just perfect. So and that it, it's wrong. It, it is. If you should be. You know, these are the people who are leading the way, really, and they should be respected for that, really. So, if anyone ever wants to know what the exact correct color for the, I don't know, the interior trim was on a nineteen fifty four Beetle, who are they going to ask? They're going to ask one of those guys. They're going to ask those. Yeah, because those guys probably wrote the book, like literally wrote a book about it that you all that everybody references. You know. This is, I saw something the other day. Someone said, "Oh, some German armor experts. What have they ever done?" And it's like, well, everything you know about German armor, you've probably got from one of those experts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And all the kits you build, yeah. probably built with the help of those experts. Yeah. Oh, that's it. He said, "Unless you're in the unless you're in a German tank unit in World War Two, you can't know." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tracy. Now there was, there was somebody today or in the past couple of days who came to a group specialized group ask a question and got i don't know about 75 joke answers and yeah. and then people were like well no it's a handful of people came up with the correct answer answering the question that the original post had asked yeah. and then somebody was like well i find all these funny answers a lot more entertaining than these uh, pompous experts i'm like the person asked what it was they didn't ask you to make a hundred jokes about it. They actually wanted to know what the thing was for. And the people yeah, the well. people that answered it got ridiculed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Time to get was off the Was that the Seahook question? No. Oh. No, it was the it was oh. the Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. The, the basket on the It's a pizza car. Uh, no, it's a basket on the uh Panzer three. The the Oh on the turret Capola. Yeah. Yeah, the barbecue basket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. That was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's that's what it was for. <laughs> what was it actually for, though? I, for barbecue. I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it in amongst all the facetious answers. And bear in mind, this is the person who goes around the internet calling himself facetious. It, but still, I believe the the Panzer tracks. Uh, someone referenced Panzer tracks, and it was for holding a lit flare. Well, kind of makes sense. And then somebody probably for those torchlight processions, right? Has the right time. And then some, somebody else referenced something, another book that said it was uh, for messages being dropped for the commander. This <laughs> is in train. What the fuck? <laughs> what for <from> pigeons? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got one of those one of those air air propelled systems that you put a message in the tube and it just. Pops out. <laughs> du hast mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm gonna ask you next will because i know you're gonna have a good one well i missed all that stuff about about the that you guys were talking about but i want to piggyback off of what what david said because there's this other phenomenon and 
it's the passive aggressive wannabe rivet counter. And this is the guy who starts a thread saying, I just don't really understand why all this, all these model makers are, are rusting their tanks so much because we all know that tanks only lasted a couple of weeks in combat and they wouldn't last long enough. Or the guy who says, I just don't understand why all these model makers have all these uh, panel lines on their aircraft models because I was in the air force for um, 11 years. years. And you you know, (laughs) I was in the air national guard in Minnesota for 20 years. You know exactly what I'm, what I, the, the phenomenon I'm talking about. And it's like, it's like they're, they'll, you know, they'll always come back later and say, well, I'm not really trying to tell anybody what to do. (laughs) Really? I mean, you kind of are right. You're, 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 you're publicly standing, you know, standing up and saying that you just don't understand, which look implicitly means you're saying that you disagree with it and it's wrong and that's fine. That's okay. But it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And you always get a bunch of people who chime in. Oh yeah, here, here. I agree. That's right. Absolutely. Well said. And then you get a few guys who are like, Oh really? Well, how about this photo? And then those are the guys who get lumped into the rivet counter category. And it's just, I don't know. It's, I wish we could, I wish we could come up with a good term for those guys because they're a thing and it's just part of the overall silliness of social media. Well, we could call them soapboxers. They, they get up on their soapbox and start talking. And then when people contradict them, they're like, Oh, I, I never said that. Yeah, but that doesn't really capture the passive aggressive element because you know what I'm talking about. It's it you know they try and 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 frame it as if they're just being helpful and and standing up for the good of all model making and really they're just being judgy. They're like just saying. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, just yeah. saying. Yeah. I'll it's, work on that. I mean, I would be There's fine. waiting to happen. I would be fine if somebody would just own it, you know. I just, you know, I just just take a position, but be honest about it, you know. If you're, you know, if, that, if, that. if that's your opinion, then cool. I'd quite happily ban those threads. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that one. How come the panel lines, blah blah blah, and then there's uh, tanks never got this dirty, and then what's the best airbrush? Uh, <laughs> but but I got it. I got it. I got to say, fuck me, not this again. That's a whole, that's a whole different one. But I got to say, I, I love the, I love the why all the panel lines threads because I've gotten some of my best photos from those because, (laughs) you you know, because, because somebody starts carpet bombing with, with, with evidence and I'm like, sweet download finger prepare. If you like HDR. (laughs) Uh, what about you, Tracy? I don't know. I, I know you're not a big fan of dumb fuckery. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've carved out a little space on the internet for myself that that provides me as much distraction and joy as possible. Although uh, you guys have gotten me to join a couple of groups that just <laughs> we, we messaged each other. You got to go join. Look at this we're, shit. We're, we're, we're <laughs> slowly, slowly corrupting. And then them. I'm like, hey, I want to see the dumb fuckery, and I have to join the group. <laughs> and then it's just a parade of like eye roll. Then you're the 
or something like oh that. Oh my god, there are people out there. Oh, I said it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a bad group, but oh, it's a great place to find some dumb fuckery. Oh, oh, there's so much out there. Oh my god. They all are. They all are. They don't, any of them have a monopoly on it. Uh, somebody was like, what's the best looking Stug 3 you've ever seen? And some guy threw up a picture of a Hetzer. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and then someone else probably went T-34. <laughs> And I was like, well, okay. That's 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 the people that you just leave to their own business. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not here to start that thread. But like, you know, David kind of touched on it. Every once in a while somebody will post something and you're like, okay, this person seems actually serious about getting the details right and they, they put a lot of work into it. And if if there's something that I spot or know you know, I'll I'll hit them up on the side and just be like, "Hey, if you're interested at all, I've spotted a couple of things. If not, you know, I really love the work you're doing so far. Keep us posted with your progress or whatever." But I mean, you know, it's nice. I, I do like I'm particip- participating passively uh, a little more in the Scale Modelers Critique Group, um, and I I do like it. I. I find that it's a pretty, uh, on the whole, a pretty uh, good bunch of guys who are actively trying to get better. And they yeah. they generally have thick enough skin that whenever you spot something, you can you can say something politely, and they're they're not going to flame you out. They're just going to be like, oh, I don't know if I can live with that. And then the next, you know, the next post notification you get is they've gone and fixed it. You know, so it, it's nice to be to have that out there as well, to, to have a, a group of people who are actively trying to push themselves to be better. Uh, and there's, while there is some drama from time to time there, it's, it's very, very minimal. And when there is drama, it's big. Oh, it's so big. It's so, <laughs> it's so big. And it's so good and juicy. It's just like, all right. It studies in light big. It really yeah, I mean, we don't, like, we don't fuck around. There's no half it's so measures big, in we'll, there. We'll get dressed up in a, in his uniform. <laughs> it's this is so big i can't even capitalize words <laughs> well look i got it i just have to say that that warms my cold dead heart because you know we've worked, <laughs> i was gonna say the chief admin's a prick though it, he is but but you know we at least try to we no, at least try to be <laughs> we at least try to be we at least try to be uniform and try to be fair and try to be consistent and you know, I, I, I think, I mean, some people have found out the hard way that nobody's, nobody's special, nobody's immune, nobody's entitled to protection. It's an open and honest discussion. And as long as you defend your position intelligently, then that's all anybody asks. And don't make it personal. And don't come after, don't come after my friends. Don't come after the admin team for something that didn't even happen, because that's when the bad will is going to show up for sure. But- I do you like know. the I do like the fact that there are people there who have contrary opinions. You know, that's absolutely that's absolutely yeah. There's no um, there's no house opinion. If it's yeah, I mean, and, and people do and people joke about like, well, I can't talk about future in this group. But I mean, if you pay attention, you know that that's not true. We have quite a few guys in there who like to use it, and that's fine. We joke about it. It's all it's all good banter, but. You know, it's again back to that thing of just defend yourself intelligently and don't take it too seriously. 
Yeah, so the dumbest thing I've seen this year is the internet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of the internet. Well, Mark, that doesn't leave you with much to say. <laughs> Trace just claimed the whole fucking internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is the whole internet. And I, you know, look, social, social media has has i mean it's i think it's brought us all to the lowest common denominator more than once and there's a lot of dumb fuckery but i also feel like that there is some good to it uh, I, I mean and, and i don't oh, want sure. i don't i don't want to take i don't want to i don't want to give too much credit where maybe it's not due but i sort of feel like and maybe you guys will tell me i'm wrong but i sort of feel like that the general amount of of just bad information is lower than it was like say three or five years ago. And part of it is, you know, like take the gloss before decals thing. Now it's like, I don't even have to say anything because three or four guys are going to beat me to it. And, and, and that, you know, that makes me happy, not necessarily because I'm trying to convince everybody that they shouldn't gloss before decals, but because I like for people to feel free to have a contrary opinion, just like Tracy said. And I think it just makes the conversation better and it makes the whole community better. Uh, well, Tracy's even got a contrary opinion on that. So, you know, it proves that between the three of us. Absolutely. No, yeah. Absolutely. Like, enforced absolutely. Opinion. Right. Well, it's, the yeah. discussion we had about it. it you know, I think was really important. We we wanted to do it for a long time. And the thing that I took away from it is that the, the people who are saying you don't have to gloss before decals are not saying you can't. They're just saying there's yeah. more to it than just a glossy surface. Like you have to have smooth paint. Like it's about the uh, adhesive in the, in the decals. Like there, there are more things than if you've got if you've got orange peel paint and you spray gloss over it and put a decal on it, your decal is still going to look <laughs> like still, shit. Like it's well, you still you just have shiny you still have shiny it. bumps. Yeah. Say again. Say again, Mark. Shiny sandpapers. You're not going to get <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and it, yeah, I mean it's 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 really uh, to me what's important is that that people are just thinking more about it rather than just you know, blindly following some dogmatic proclamation that's been around for 40 years. Think, you know, thinking harder about it and trying different things. And I just think to me, I mean, that's just better for the whole, for the whole scene. Well, there's more, uh, there's less dogma and more information following a statement, right? Yeah. Like there's less, if somebody's, and, and I've seen it before, and we're going to beat the the gloss before decals thing to death, even though it's not the only <laughs> subject that that this happens in. But you know, seeing somebody say something about glossing before decals, and somebody pops up and is like, "Well, actually, you don't need to gloss before decals; it's all about smooth paint." And then having that conversation continue with the original person, where they're like, "Oh, okay," mm -hmm. you know, like an actual discussion that that you know, brings information to the forefront and and allow somebody to take it or leave it, uh, but to try it out on their own with a little bit of more of an informed opinion. Yeah. And that's just a, it's just a convenient example. I mean, David's seen it. I know within the 3d printing groups, the equivalent over there is you have to build every part at an angle. I mean, every group has something like that, right. That, that becomes this trope 
that just that 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 people just lazily reach for and start repeating and regurgitating and i mean it's and that's that's the bad side of social media but the good side is is that you know people are willing to debate that stuff yeah mark's probably just gonna be like my favorite part of this year is the internet and boobies <laughs> I would not disagree with Mark on that. It's all covered. Everything. I, I just think some people would be better off spending their time at the bench practicing. Just you practice that, that like and not talking, and not be. You know, this the whole online thing sometimes just gets. It becomes more about that than the actual hobby that you supposedly discuss. And it, it seems that. You know these people popping up all over the place, and I think yeah, it gets to a certain time of night, and you think, hmm, "How many drinks have you had?" You know, there's <laughs> people are saying things, and they wouldn't say it to anybody's face, or you wouldn't, you know, catch somebody at a model show saying, "Start discussing that," and get so heated about it. It's it's the old keyboard warrior thing, isn't it? It's sitting behind the screen there with. Uh, a few whiskeys inside here or something and getting a bit shirty. It's it's just not nice, is it? Shirty? Oh, you heard him. Oh, yeah, there's another one. Uh, yeah, shirty. Yeah, shirty, yeah. getting a bit, yeah. bit, whoa, a bit, ooh, but hey. I like that. Oh, yeah. I would I would kind of use that as a rule of thumb. If you wouldn't say it to somebody's face, just don't type it, you know, don't say uh, but it doesn't really work for me. Oh, now you tell. There's pretty much nothing John wouldn't. Uh, John, shit, that's my son. There's pretty much nothing Will wouldn't say to someone's face. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 they're all like if you covered it all. There are there are good sides to it, and you know the, the right information can be spread as easy as the wrong information. I mean, David's pet ones, the the green gear boxes, which uh, always <laughs> touches a nerve with him, and you know to, to a point where. You're seeing people. They weren't green. <laughs> to paint, to paint your gearbox green, and it's uh, just just crazy. It just shows how things can escalate though, to a point where it's the, the king's new clothes, isn't it? It's oh, it must be gospel. It's uh... for me. It's the white knights, the people who, when someone says something, they jump in to defend them, even if they didn't need defending where, you know, they can take a bit of criticism or whatever, but someone will jump in and go, oh, you, what about yours? Show us yours. And the original person is like, well, I don't mind the criticism. Or they'll say like, oh, you know, is this weathering look all right? And someone will jump in. It's your model. You do it your way. <laughs> they're, asking, they're asking for people's opinions. You know what I mean? The yeah. people who just who get offended on behalf of someone. Just relax. Let the person respond themselves first. And if they need a bit of help, sure, jump in and shit all over the other person. But at least let them answer first. I can't do white knights, arseholes. Fuck them. There you go. Just don't do it in 2023 or I'll find you a... Not do anything, probably. Defend you. Yeah, yeah. I'll jump in and defend you. I don't want to say who it was, but there's someone we've had on the show and someone offered a criticism, which was quite polite, just saying, well, they wouldn't quite, you know, here's a photo of what it actually looked like. It wouldn't really get that F, that weathered in real life, but I like your take on it. And the guy was like, thanks, it's it's my own style. You know, it's how I want to do it. And someone jumped in, well, show us yours. What about the blah, 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 blah? And he's like, literally didn't need your intervention there. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's a big boy and everything. Yeah. He can handle himself. <laughs> 
So generally, from what everyone said, close the internet and everyone go back to reading magazines. <laughs> I think the problem is people, just people. Yeah, people. that's the yeah. that's the yeah. fundamental problem. The internet's just fine. It's just a thing. It's the people that are there that, that are the problem. Yeah, as is the case <laughs> most things in life, isn't it? Yeah, and mm. it's it, it's funny that that our uh, collective beef is with humanity and not like nobody was like, well, there was that one kit that came out that was just. Everybody really expected to be good, and it was real shit. Like, nobody picked that. <laughs> it's not a big deal, but I'm going to say it, and I can't understand why people are defending it. Sorry, Sam. But that heat shield on the back of the, the Meng uh, F4, what the living fuck? No, it that's, looks like corrugated iron. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I wasn't that worked up about it. It's got ripples in it in real life. You could see the well, way the heat It wasn't stains. big enough to even be a burr. No, but, you know. I, th- I think I think I, I could see uh, the first picture I saw of it. I thought it was way over the top, and then and then I saw another photo, and it looked far, far, far more subtle. And I thought, yeah, that's probably what's going on in reality there. Although you know, I've not seen the thing in real life or touched the surface. To, but looking at the way the sort of the exhaust stains and things are catching those. Mm areas it looks to me like it's just not it's not flat it's it, not picking you know, up it's, yeah highlights it's, and low level it's an area that's 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 got a lot of a lot of metal work into it you know when it's new that results in a lot of ripples and then it's constantly heating and, and expanding and shrinking and so it's going to be wrinkled for sure maybe it's like the tamiya uh lightning the new one i was yeah uh, maybe it just looks worse in photos than it is it really has a lot to do with the angle of the light and Mm. the contrast in the photo but i just want to say about ming i look i i mean i i soldiered through their hornet which i had some gripes with i feel like it's kind of an 80 percent kit but you know, overall, I I kind of have gotten to be a big fan of Ming, and not just because you know they've sent me some checks. I they they seem to just really be enthusiastic. You know, their their subjects, and you know, putting a little detail in there like that with the heat shield. Nobody else has done that, and I think if nothing else, that that's cool that they paid attention and they tried. I was going to like say that. that we'll get not not really known. Or do you think that they've gone and looked at the Zucamora kit and looked at Tamiya kit and think, well, we can't really better most of the areas. Can we concentrate on something and think, well, we'll just tip it over the edge to what they've done there? Or... I think they... if they did, if they didn't, that that would be silly. I, I mean, I just can't imagine not doing competitive analysis in this market. Yeah, I, um, I'm no, I'm no phantom expert at all, um, and. I certainly haven't built any or even really seen any of the competitive kits. Um, but I understand that they seem to have come up with a better way of assembling the, the sort of main body of the fuselage that eliminates some of the sort of joins and things that others had, which seems like a good a good solution. Um, and I think quite often they... T- they my experience with them has been they, they have tended to come at things a little bit differently and not just follow the kind of accepted route of doing things. Sometimes it works out well and sometimes maybe there's been the odd occasion when it when it hasn't done. But I think you have to applaud that, that they're not just going, well, this is, you know, this is how we do this. 
well, this is how everybody has done this aircraft. Therefore, we're going to do we're going to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I've I've built a few Zukamura kits, and uh, I haven't built one of the more recent ones. I have to say, but I've always found them immensely frustrating because when I'm building an airplane, mostly I want it to look like the airplane. I don't want all the. I'm not really bothered about all the interior. Um, and it's really hard to build build one of those kits uh, in that way because they're designed around exposing every little intricacy of the, the inside of them. And then getting everything to fit back together uh, can be problematic. Um, but, you know, you, you, you make your purchase, purchasing decision based on those, that sort of information, don't you, and what, what you want. I mean, obviously, if, you, if that's the sort of model you want to build with all the panels open and things, then that's going to be your starting point. I've built one of their phantoms and I've got a couple more of them. They're not the ones with the interior stuff for a start, which, um, you know, makes a difference, but, uh, they were brilliant. There were some of the, probably it's one of my top three kits I've ever built. I really enjoyed it, but I've not built one of the ones with interiors. So I can imagine how that would complicate matters Mm. quite a lot in the way things go together. But the only thing that there was a bit of a pig with it was the, um, was the way the intakes fit and the way the fuselage goes together which goes back to what you were saying about how Meng have approached it in a different way, which would be interesting to see yeah. how that compares. Because the Zukamira one's fine as long as you follow the instructions exactly. But if, like me, you like to rearrange the it. instructions <laughs> to, fit, to fit how you build and how you build sub-assembly and everything else, you'll find out that's a bad idea. You should put it together the way they say you should put it together to make sure it, the fuselage spreads in the right place and everything else. So otherwise, you'll be, you know kicking yourself later on question is why why am i not more into phantoms i think that's that's, (laughs) this is the real question and then i just thought this is amazing you're gonna have to build one because i've done decals for them so i'll send you some oh you have haven't you yeah now i'd 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 always quite fancy doing one of the big tamir 30 second scale ones um but never never got around to buying one not got one sitting on a shelf somewhere waiting to be done or anything and feel like it's a whole <coughs> subgenre of aircraft where you've, you know, it's just mm. for the un for the unknowledgeable potential builder, it's just an absolute minefield of ejector seats and you know variations and different noses and pods and God knows what. So I think that's that's possibly. I why. feel a bit like that about one hundred and nine and Spitfires. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. easy to not do it correctly. German or a tiger, isn't it? See, this is where the rivet counters are just spoiling everybody's fun. Yeah. So the problem is, as a rivet counter, though, you have to ask yourself, have I got the time to get into that subject to the level I would need to to build the model the way I want to build it? With the internet, of course, with social media, you could just go, you Mm. could just log on to one of these groups that's all about that. And if you really want to find out, there's there's people who who know these things inside out, you know, and and in a way, it's never been easier, has it? <clears throat> to sort of, you know, oh, okay. to become all in on phantoms, you know, it's just a matter of just getting off your backside and, and making that effort to sort of uh, invest a bit of sort of time typing some questions and, or maybe buying the old reference book and kind of getting into it a bit. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, maybe something I should look into. I don't know. I'll have to ask you two because you know, and it's bugged me forever. Is it Meng or Meng? Well, I think strictly speaking, when I was in China, 
Um, they said it's Hmong. That's how you would pronounce okay. it. Um, but where everybody else in the rest of the world <laughs> pronounces it how it's written. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I just I just can't. Uh, I was lucky enough to yeah. meet Mister Mister Hmong himself. Um, oh, there's a Mister Hmong. Did, yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's Mister Man. Mister Hmong. Uh, yeah, I, he, uh, he's. Um, He's a little bit elusive because obviously I think he does speak a little bit of English, but not, you know, mm. I think we were relying on an interpreter a lot of the time. But um, the first time we met him, we all got, we, we got the message that he wanted to take, take us out for a meal. So we all got dressed up for this meal. And he turned yeah. up in a, he turned up in a tracksuit and <laughs> he all felt amazingly <laughs> and massively overdressed and. <laughs> took you to a street vendor. <laughs> yeah. No, he took us to this really fancy um, uh, duck, the restaurant that specialised in duck. Uh, oh, I nice. mean, it was it was full on, you know, uh, we had a private room and all the rest of it. It was a proper experience. Yeah. 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 So some of the bits Shame of... Shame we didn't dress up then. Yeah, was, we did the right thing. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And then he, then he took us for a look around their offices as well, which is a bit of a treat. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious, David. Since you've been there, are they are they focused on the model making business, or is it like an ancillary to other injection molding stuff that they do? I mean, is he a model maker himself? No, I think I think um, I think that's very much what they're all about. I think um, I think his family have money from other sources, and that's what sort of has sort of been used to fund the whole thing, but. Was it duck farmer? I gathered. <laughs> <laughs> duck farmer. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. no, they're definitely, um, uh, definitely very serious about about what they're doing. So yeah, mm, uh, that's cool. That's good yeah. insight. Yeah. No, we we I find them very, um, very good people to work work with. You know, um, and very kind of. You know, it really annoys me when I see all these people going on about oh the Chinese just sort of ripping people off and copying. Yeah. You know, when they did that, when they picked up the the wing nut wings, uh, Fokker triplane. Um, yeah. Well, they'd been doing the tooling for it. So, you know, you know when you've worked alongside people and you you've you know in a in a very very limited way, but I'd seen how they operated yeah. and you know, you've got a feel for you've got a feel for the, like, you know who they, they were and yeah. Them whether they're playing fast and loose or whether they, they're doing things properly. And they, they always seem to be doing things properly. But because uh, when that all broke, you know, there were people yelling out all sorts of accusations about theft and yeah. this, that and the other. And, you know, and I just thought it's just not right. It's not. Um, well, that's the other thing I really hate on the, the other dumb fuckery I hate on the internet is people with their expert opinions of what's going on in the business. Oh, yeah, they have yeah. no yeah. fucking idea. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's just under the general category of dudes talking out of their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Today on dudes talking out of their ass. <laughs> we should make that a new segment. Dudes talking out of their ass. Dudes talking out of their ass. Yeah. Oh, there's the cold open. Cold open part two. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Chris. This time as Inside the Armour. 
I'd like to wish all of my customers and all of the Sprue Cutters Union listeners happiness, peace and success in the coming year. I'd also like to remind you about the book we have available at the moment, Models for Ukraine Volume 2, which is currently raising money for humanitarian aid for the Ukraine crisis for people who really do need it. While you're there, you can also check out my other podcast, Models from Ukraine podcast, which brings you all the latest news from the model makers and manufacturers of Ukraine. Finally, I'd like to tell you about two sets of decals I have coming in the new year, printed by Decograph in Ukraine, and they each feature four F-4Ds of the 13th Tactical Fighter Squadron based at Udon Royal Thai Air Force Base during the Vietnam War. They're based on research and information provided by one of the actual pilots, Bob Bowers, pilot of Black Mariah, and they're available in 172nd and 148th. Please do go along to my website, InsideTheArmor.com, to check out the decals, the Ukraine book, and everything else we have available to make your modelling life that little bit better. <laughs> All right, so uh, I probably better wrap this up soon. Uh, let's just quickly finish up with what are your plans? What's, what's one thing you really want to get into next year? What's 2023 holding for you? Uh, start with Will. Well, uh, I'm going to paint a tank because now, <laughs> now I've I've about finished building it. So, sixteen um, scale, be- please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know when I think when I think about what would happen to me if I were working four times as large as this little Tamiya thing. Yeah, there's just no way I would never finish ever. And it might so take you seven that, years to finish. It might. It might. <laughs> now we start to see how it could happen. <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, I, you know, I I don't know. I I've, I keep thinking about what my plans are for 2023, and it's just not coming to me. I do have a thing that I'm thinking about that I want to do, but I haven't fully committed to it yet. So I don't know. I'm not gonna say it. 4D modeling. <laughs> no. I'm gonna invent an extra D. <laughs> Double D modeling. <laughs> my. My one actual goal for next year, though, is to maybe get to to stop get, getting so sidetracked and 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 to maybe move faster. I'd like to, f- <laughs> yeah, I know it's ridiculous because it's 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 not it's it's not likely. I'd like to finish more stuff. I'd like to spend more time painting, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that's going to happen, Mark. I think down to workplace bullying more than anything else. I'll have to go to step up and uh, one, my eyesight's not as good as what it was. Not that it was ever brilliant, but I think, yeah, 16 scales got to be, got to be on the list. And also I've got a, um, if you're familiar with the M8, the, the little howitzer. Yeah. I had one of those. Gifted it was a couple of years back uh, from a friend. The, the Tiger models one, not uh, Tiger, the kit producer, the American resin guys. Oh, right, and it's yeah. one of those you keep getting out the box and looking at how nice it yeah. is and how good it could be. And it, I must start that. I must. Uh, I must have a look at that and uh, finish this bloody Volkswagen off so I can build some more models with my time as well. I think that would be the thing. But uh, yeah, I think sixteen scale that would be. Top me list. I don't know what yet, but uh, we do have a few kits there, David. Don't we? I'll have to. Uh, I have don't to know what you mean. <laughs> more coming every month. <laughs> Not, Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, we'll uh, just print one. You get that little yeah. little French. Uh, the, what is it? The Renault R35 you picked up at World Model Expo. 
Yes, um, I've kind of forgotten about that, and I do need to. Uh, I've, I've, I've made myself some new tracks for it. Yeah, I've designed some new tracks. So, um, yeah, I, I do need to. I do need to do something with that. That's true. Tracy, uh, I think for the coming year, one of the things I'd like to focus a little bit more on and push myself a little bit more with are figures. Um, but not just painting. I think I'd like to see how I fare at uh, converting and possibly even, you know, sans head, feet, and hands sculpting. Knees and toes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd like to try sculpting some figures. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I mean, something I picked up from david and uh, a few others is um when you want to do a story and you want to do it really well with figures you could only get so far bodging with mm -hmm. figures with stock figures it's, you know to be able to sculpt your own and get that perfect pose really does help doesn't it yeah no absolutely and, and i think it's i think it's not it has a lot of sort of mystique about it i don't think it's quite as hard as people think it is probably well, I think it's like everything I mean, else. I mean, you you're you're going to attempt it and not be great at it, and the longer yeah. you continue to attempt it, the better you're going to get. I mean, your 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 folds and your clothing and things like that are going to be maybe a little simple at first, and then get more complex as your observational skills and your your ability to translate that to your hand and the tools that you're holding gets developed. Um, but I think for me, like, there's just not only is there a lack of, you know, the figure whenever you're looking for a figure to tell a story, but there's also just a a, a little bit of um, anatomy problems, you know, where things are in general just things are a little too stiff, you know, to to, to create a figure that realistically fits exactly what you're trying to do and, and create the right kind of body weight and and things like that i think goes a long way to kind of building in uh, a model or a project that gets a, a hard second glance like it's it's a little thing that makes the project stand out um and so i'd like to see where where i can go with that awesome mm. What about you, Betty? There's a good book on that. Got it. There was a book on the subject. Yeah, I believe. What's it called again? <laughs> Crew School by some guy called David Parker. I think it's available oh, right now idiot. from... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's available right now from afemodeler.com. Uh, I'm not on commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may have bought it when it came out. Should have asked yeah, for an autograph, though. I have a though. copy right in front of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, uh, two things. Slow down, because I spent a lot of time, when, particularly when I was editing Sam, building really fast to make sure that models were out for the next issue and in the next issue, because quite often as, as the editor, I took it on myself, didn't need to, but I did anyway, to build the model for an advertiser or whatever that wanted the model in this week, that week, and to make sure that it was done on time and everything else. And it just meant that I never really got time to do anything I felt properly. So I need to slow down now. And we need to just hopefully. figure. We need to figure out a way to trade. Like if I could give you some of my slow down, and you could give me some of your speed up, that would be great. 
I have to get back into the idea that of doing it as well as I possibly can on every model and not just getting them done and getting on to the next one. I think people that measure their modeling and how many models they finish are missing out, to be honest. I mean, it's up to them, but you know, for me, it's not where the fun is. Um, and the other one, I'm going to scratch build a plane. Ooh. Whoa. A one thirty second Hampton. Although I did some maths earlier, this could be fucking huge. <laughs> 60 centimetre wingspan. <laughs> Where are you going to get the information for that one? Uh, a good friend of mine has got lots of good plans. Right. Cosford are restoring to at the moment. Right. Uh, so I'm going to try and head up there and see if they'll let me get along and have a look at them. The engines are Bristol. Uh, I keep wanting to say Jupiter, but it's not. Pegasus? Yeah. Uh, Pegasus, thank you, yeah. And they've got one at the Aviation Museum in Bristol for me to go up and measure. Scratch building the engine's going to be a bastard, but I'm going to do it. I bet 3D printing the engine would be easy. (laughs) It would, (laughs) but I'm doing the engine for, another announcement, uh, the next book from Perfect Pits, which doesn't have quite as good a title, unfortunately, called Energetic Engines. I want to do one of weathering aircraft called Filthy Birds. I think that would do really well. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) filthy birds would be hilarious <laughs> follow up to your first first specialist edition dirty birds dirty birds yes. yeah that'd be bad dirty birds yeah <laughs> you dirty birdie uh yeah that's better actually i like that anyway <laughs> banging birds have, have to go, go on the top shelf though <laughs> with perfect bits <laughs> <laughs> but i'm doing the engine for that and i've scratched building one and someone else is 3d designing a radial engine and someone's going to be 3d designing nozzles for a jet engine and and all that sort of so they'll be like it was last time some painting some 3d some traditional scratch but okay my my memory of ugly british aircraft that nobody cares about <laughs> yeah. is failing me at the moment but <laughs> doesn't the hampton is it that's a that's a four engine bomber isn't it no two engines no, two engine two, two engine, engine. So you're gonna have and two also, engines. So why you, build? I why, love why, ugly why, birds. I know, I know, but but why build? Why scratch build two engines when you could? I mean, this could be your thing with CAD. This could be your entrance. Design the yeah, engines, yeah. print two. I mean, that's the that's the perfect excuse. Nobody would. Why no- design something in CAD for an article specifically about scratch building? Let me think on that for a moment. Well, why don't you scratch build why, one and CAD why, the other? And then you can yeah, no, there, I'll, I'll scratch build one there. and cast the other. Yeah, so the casting will be part of the traditional thing. <laughs> Cheating, <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I mean, it's simple resin casting. The, the, so. This conversation's not over. I'm, I, I, we're, yeah, because what's the point in cadding? It, it might as well just be a fucking cad book. And that's not the book I'm making. So there you go. But there's so many ways that you can mix. I mean, like David's done on. Well, the on easy way the... to do it would be do it in 148 and just buy the fucking vector engine. <laughs> but that kind of negates the point. <laughs> it would be spectacular in 30 seconds, I have to say. It, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that's going to be an amazing project. But I just feel like that this is a perfect opportunity for you to mix their, your media, so to speak. Well, I'm already thinking about how I'm going to make the wings detachable because you can't take that fucking thing anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 60 centimetres by 54 or whatever it is. It's like, bloody hell, it's massive. So uh, I might have to take a leaf out of um, Hong Kong Models book and make the wings detachable. I think that's a good leaf to take. Yeah, it is. To do that scratch is a little bit trickier than doing it on CAD. And, and but then you could CAD those, those um, wing slots. Mm-hmm. And integrate them into your scratch building. Mm-hmm. I've got some ideas. I've got mm-hmm. some ideas. 
David speaks so the, much the truth. The short version is that <laughs> in the next year, Chris is going to dip his toe into 3D printing. No. That's, oh, actually, that's, yeah. Okay, so the things that's I want what I'm to do hearing. are slow down, scratch build an aircraft, hand scratch build, hands with my hands, not typing, and look at <coughs> Anyway, so carry on. <laughs> that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs> I do want to design some 1700 ships, and CAD is the way to go for that. So I do want to learn next year. So, uh, I mean, I don't know a great deal about uh, aircraft, but I can't imagine that the Bristol Jupiter was only used. By one aircraft. No, it was also used in the Wellington, and it was licensed built in Italy, and a few aircraft. So there's other applications if you wanted to 3D design one and then print them and sell them. Sell them. Yep. Not in 132nd. Not yet. No, and there's already one in 148. So, and also, I don't want to get back into selling shit. Fucking hell, books are bad enough. <laughs> okay, books and decals, and uh... <laughs> no, I yeah, no spam, I just, spam, no. spam, 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 and eggs. Yeah. Anyway, this show's gone on way too long now. So everybody, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and know. And on that bombshell. Well, it's like this has been this has been good fun. Yeah. Thank you. It's to... been really awesome, yeah. and I've really enjoyed it. And it's been nice not to do our usual thing with our usual routine and. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, both of you. It's been really great fun. Oh, it's been our pleasure. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. always cool hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yeah, always fun. Yeah. All the best for the new year, everybody, in whatever scale, <laughs> <laughs> by whatever means. Curio and adios, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>